Yeah. El Chico Loco, Fast Eddie, Kid Ecstasy, Mass Flipper number eight, Mellow, Sour Naro, aka Salvatier. Salvatore? Salvatore. No, that's the one that's going to fuck me up right there if I try this. Salvatore. 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 Should I spell it out phonetically next to it? No. Salvatore. Salvatore. No, it won't fuck me up. Salvatore? Salvatore. El Chico Loco. Fast Eddie. Kid Ecstasy. Mass Flipper number eight. Never mind. Hello. Hello. Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. Welcome back for another week of the Working Fans Podcast. This is AJ. I'm the former wrestler. We've got Dave, the ultimate fan, here with us. As we do every week, our producer Joe may likes to make us sound good and makes us look way more professional than we actually are. As always, you can find us on Twitter, that's at FansWorking, Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then you can now listen to us on all major platforms including Anchor.fm. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts. And you can actually check us out on YouTube. Now it's important when you go onto the Apple Podcasts and YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating. Let us know what you think so you can help us out and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast with Dave and Joe. My boy, AJ. He might be dead. I don't know. He may, He's probably alive. You but, might go visit the Bubble Boy tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. We just talk. We're going to see each other. So, love you, AJ. Get better soon. All right. So, this week I want to talk about Jake the Snake Roberts. On a night after AEW had a pay-per-view and they had a great show, NXT had two cage matches. The one thing I thought about Wednesday night over and over again to me was Jake the Snake Roberts, man. The guy can still fucking cut a hell of a promo. You know, first he comes out and he's like kissing the ring. Kind of almost a babyface move because you tell he's genuinely excited to be there. But then he's quick to turn here. Heel. You know, he's... Talking shit on Cody. And he's got the great line where he says at the end, A wise man. I wonder who said this. It was Dusty, Vince or somebody. But he says, A wise man once told me, Never turn your back on someone you're scared of or you respect. And he turns his back to Cody and tosses him the mic. Yeah. I mean, such good shit. And I can't wait for him and Iron to kind of interact with each other. AEW... You know, people can criticize them here and there. and You can't criticize the fact. I mean, you can if you're a dildo. But at the end of the day, I really love the fact what they're doing with the managers. You know, they're making these, you know, retired guys, legends of the sport, and they're giving them a mouthpiece, something we hadn't had in years. Who's he bringing in? Oh, good question. I think the money on this right now is on two people. Archer, who, on a side note, is the first time AEW promised something and didn't give it to us. So there could be a reason for that. Or two... Harper slash Brody Lee, whatever you want to call him. He's been rumored to come in. He has a look that would fit Jake. Both of them do. And you know what? If you want a guy with Jake, 
I don't think you want a smaller guy like a Matt Hardy or somebody that Jake's going to tell him. He's been the bigger talk about who's coming in. Right. It doesn't seem like it'd be the right fit, but, Mm -hmm. you know, all these names that are rumored to come in are signed and haven't come in yet. It's just going to be interesting to see who they pair with him. Yeah, I like to think think that Jake's going to get a big guy like a Harper or an Archer. Jake himself's a big guy, so it's hard yeah. to pair him with too many people. That's why you need a, a guy like that, I think. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, both those guys actually, I think, are underrated talkers. It would do fine. But Jake's on another level. Yeah. Yeah, It's. I was really interested to see him come out. And it was one of those interesting things in programming last week. Like, you saw that tonight, actually, because we record we're recording on a Tuesday right now. Yeah. The next two episodes of NWA Circle Squared are coming out. Yes. And Steve Carino's son is featured on one of them. uh, And it's wild to see how much he looks like Carino right now. mm -hmm. And it's wild to think between him and Hangman Page, two guys that four years ago were in a go-nowhere stable in ROH. Hangman Page has made something of himself, and now Carino's kid's getting that right breakout. Yeah. I I can't wait for the episode tonight and to see how it plays out. Yeah, and I believe he's going against George South, who they said that helped train him, actually. Okay. So there's a storyline here, and George basically is talking about, you know, how he's helped the kid out a lot, but he's like, I'm not going to help him out here. I'm not giving up my chance. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, NWA's doing some great things, man. I'm super excited. You know, like we said, we got two episodes of that, and then we got uh, NWA, is it Power Surge? Is that what it's called? I, I believe... I think that's the next week. That's what I'm saying. Coming up yeah. after. Yeah. So we have a bunch of stuff. Not... This is NWA Power the next week. We have a couple of different things yeah, showing Yeah, different up. programming coming yeah. out. That's and interesting gonna to see. it's going to lead to the Crockett Cup. Yeah, Kyle Davis talked about that slow rollout last week, mm-hmm. and it was interesting to see how it's playing out now. Now, MLW this week had their 100th episode, and it was interesting The Did you watch it at all? I did. Now, that video package they played right before that world title match. Yes. Amazing video package with almost all of their champions. The only one they omitted was Shane Douglas. Right. Which, odd to see that they didn't include him, but when we start reviewing the shows coming up, we'll get into that a little mm-hmm. more. But it, I thought it was overall a great episode. Just MLW still doing the right stuff. Yeah, there was a... Uh thing with Wrestling Observer, like people's favorite shows, and I was a little disappointed MLW wasn't higher. Yeah. Like, I forget where it was, but it was like behind the Being the Elite weekly YouTube series, and to me it was like, no, I like that show, but MLW's doing great shit. I, feel I like- got no problem with NXT, AEW, and NWA yeah. being the top three. I was super happy to see NWA as like that third spot. But, um, yeah, I just think enough people need to start watching MLW because they're doing great things. I feel like Being the Elite almost started on YouTube. It's almost more that community where Mm -hmm. MLW's kind of focused more towards TV and YouTube is just a place they place it where you can see it. Right. Which I'm very happy they do. But maybe that affects where it stands. I think it's... Like, we tell everybody, between that and NWA, those are the two wrestling shows we're most behind. Absolutely. Now, and then I look actually, at our guest. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I actually made it a point to watch some of Elimination Chamber mm-hmm. and some of Raw last night. And for the most part, it was all right. It's better than I've seen Raw be in a while. Yeah. I mean, I didn't make it for the whole thing, but... I will say um, The Chamber. I had to be up early. I didn't watch all of it. But I haven't seen it yet. You can tell me if you watched it. I really like the way they booked Shayna Baszler. 
where apparently she just went out and destroyed everybody and tapped everybody out. I did not see that. I I was more for the early part of the show. I yeah. could not get over the Daniel Bryan yes. Drew Gulak match. You texted me during that, yes. And who was the Luchador match that was on right now? Uh, well, there was the tag team chamber match where. Um, nah, fuck that. It was. <laughs> I want to say the second match on the card was Carrillo and Andrade. Yes, yes. And that was just an amazing, like, I really enjoyed the match between them. So that was, like, a good one-two punch to start it off. It's funny, I didn't think of them as the Luchadors because they don't wear the mask. Oh, That's wow. why I mean, I went to Dorado and... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm all about the mask. I like, mean, the... Don't ch- get me wrong, I know they have more heritage. Yeah. Right. It's just, that's just something I think automatically. Yeah. You know, Luchador, I think mask wrestling. Yeah. And uh, the chamber tag match, to me, it was just a little much. It felt cluttered. How about the fact that uh, you could tell Otis was lost at one point? Like, he's looking for Lindsay Dorado. And you could hear Otis and Tucker both going, Lindsay! Lindsay! Yeah. And then we find out this motherfucker's on top of the fucking cage. Yeah. Spider- You're right. It's Doing it's a, a shooting star press from the top. Motherfucker trying to wild. kill himself. But yeah. It was almost like all for not. Like, nobody really. It gave was a wild fuck. to see. I. I thought it was one of the better ones. I got to finish up the chamber later. I'm not crazy about the elimination no, chamber, me so to me, it's a. I mean, it's a good pay per view, but I, I didn't see the whole thing. No, you know, and the pay per view did better than I think what expected because the fucking there was no real fucking interest in it. So it was yeah, like, it kind of did. We didn't have high hopes. And it was so. much too close to that Saudi show, and yeah. now we're Honor this Wednesday. coming up Sunday, three weeks away. So that's. Not a ton of time, I don't think, but a lot of stuff. Mania card. You look at the Mania card just real quick. Obviously, you know we haven't been the biggest fans of the main roster, but if you had to pick something on the Mania card, is there something sticking out to you right now that you would say, okay, I'm interested in that? Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Ladies Title. That's you stole it from the the only thing. Yeah, Uh, you know what? Uh, Because I haven't paid a little more attention. The booking of Drew McIntyre, where he's been laying motherfuckers out and laying Oh, yeah, they've out. been presenting him strong, uh, and it's going to be cool to see him get a championship. I heard he killed somebody's pet last night. I didn't see it, but... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I know people have a problem with that. Like, I was listening to the post show. They were saying, almost kind of a heel move doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I do want to say, fuck that damn spider. It's not really a good thing for Drew to be booked in, but... We got rid of the fucking spider. I say, I'm on just to fucking admit it for this week. Like, yeah. that didn't happen. To, to me, kill. it just looked like a way to write the spider out. Like, mm-hmm. all right, it sucked. Let's get rid Let's of get it. Let's get rid of it. Hey, Drew, can you do us a solid? We're going to put you in the skit. Can you just kill off this fucking thing? Yeah. You had to lay out Brock twice. It, you mind just killing off this fucking spider? Yeah. I know you're a baby face, but can you kill this fucking dude's pet? <laughs> While you're at it, maybe we'll bring hey, baby in say, that. What's more baby face than killing a spider? <laughs> I just think we're going to bring back more pets, right? He's going to start killing Frankie the Bird. Hey, Harry Smith. Dude, got- Fire did that. Yeah, I knew he was actually fucking Dude, dead. we heard Coco cry about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Coco. Matt, listen to Matt Coon's podcast. It's Coco. We love you, baby. So you know got it. Joe's so hurtful. <laughs> you got anything else that stuck out to you this week? No, man. Let's just have Drew kill more pets. All right. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I think that's it for me. Shit, man. Yeah, I think I'm good. And a podcast. I mean, we're not gonna advocate killing pets, but we're out later. Yeah. You you can find negativity in anything, but like, what's the point? What what are you accomplishing? Yeah, wasted energy. Find the fun in it, man. Like, if you can't if you can't find fun in pro wrestling, I. I, I just don't understand what you're doing. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Podcast. It's Dave with Producer Joe. And we're here with El Chico Loco, Fast Eddie, Kid Ecstasy. 
Mass Flipper number eight. Mellow. Sour Nardo. Salvatore Renaro. You got a lot of names here. Hold on. Sal Del Rio and Sal the Pizza Boy. But most people know him as Sour Nardo on NWA. Sal, how are you? I'm glad. I don't say how Sal or how's all those other characters. There's so many more. <laughs> yeah, he all, pulled, all, 20, all, all 20 of us are doing too. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled that off a cage match uh, database today. And I'm like, man, these are a lot of nicknames. I'm going to try to get them all yeah. in here. <laughs> Well, it, it's really funny because I get the sound of pizza voicing a lot. I swear to God, it was a one-time, one-off joke that I did that I don't know how that got, that that's the one that stuck with me. Uh, but I got, got it. I've gotten sound of pizza boy more times than I was actually sound of pizza boy. <laughs> hey, that's that's just a sign it got over, I guess, right? <laughs> I, 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 no, it didn't. I was there live. I told it. Nobody cares. <laughs> Not a soul on the planet. It was, well, what it was, you know, back in 1905, when men were men and wrestling was wrestling, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Ray was doing an angle with Tony Mamaluke at NWA Wildside. And Jimmy took a liking to me for whatever reason. And Mama Luke was, you know, the super strong Italian heel where he hated, he hated being, you know, he hated any kind of Italian stereotypes. Right, right. <laughs> so the whole spot was Mama Luke, Scott, Jimmy in a, in a Fujiwara arm bar. I walk out with pizza. <laughs> they chant, where's my pizza? He gets upset. Jimmy, Jimmy rolls him up. Then Jimmy and I share a slice of pizza. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was a one and done. It was never, it, it didn't have legs. It couldn't crawl. I, it was just literally, nobody ever intended for it to be anything more than I walk out one time with pizza and Jimmy and I enjoy a free slide. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully you got also, paid more than that that night. Well, <laughs> oh, no, no, I was about to say, that dispelled a lot of those wild side rumors because that night we got a hot dog and handshake and a slice pizza. <laughs> so that was... Nice. That was bonus. Nice. Before I ask you about breaking in, I'm just curious, now that you're with NWA Power and everything, did you have any experience, whether it was watching studio wrestling before or any kind of studio wrestling? Well, I'm a self-destructive obsessed wrestling nerd. Like, I'm just a super nerd, so, like, even, I grew up in California, and we weren't really an industry territory, but I would see the pictures in the aftermath. And, you know, I was, I was so just enamored with every facet of wrestling. So once I kind of found out the tape trading world and this, this whole world outside of Weekly, I, I was all in. So I can't tell you how many hours I've wasted Watching, you know, Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude cut promos on the set. <laughs> and I, I mean, I've watched it all, you know. So the first time I walked in at the first set of tapings at the Georgia Public Broadcasting Building, I mean, I felt, I, I, I immediately felt like Bill and Ted when they showed up to get Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I, like, I felt like I was there, you know. I was like, it was, it was surreal. That's awesome, man. I, I, great so, reference with Manny and Rick Rude, by the way, because that's well, I remember I, them in Rock and Roll Express myself. One hundred percent. We actually, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so I watched it all. You know, I mean, I studied it all and, and written, written about it, talked about it, dreamt about it. So like, it's it's been really there more so in the last since just I think the first take was November, December. I've had just take you know I've had many a moment where I've just stepped back, kind of pinched myself, like oh my god, this, this is a real life thing. Like this is really happening. 
Yeah, it's wild. You know what's funny? Talk about like the studio and everything too. Just a quick side note. I think you'd get a kick out of just being a lifelong fan. But we had Ricky Morton on here maybe like a couple months ago. And I told him, okay. I grew up watching him. And I can't believe I saw him wrestle twice live. And it was in 2019. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's So uh, you'll appreciate the studio. Just the Ricky Morton love. I, I don't have, I couldn't have enough Ricky Morton love. But if you guys were watching the, uh, where he worked with Nick Aldis a couple weeks ago. Yep. And then post-match, you know, some of the guys spilled out of the locker room to honor Ricky. I wasn't supposed to be a part of that. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> no. They were, they, they, they were kind of back and forth. Originally, it was going to be as many people as possible. And then they were kind of like, oh, we're just going to send a couple of the top, you know, like the top five baby faces. So, like, Storm and Drake and Murdoch. And I was like, okay. And so I just happened to be in Gorilla when they started going out. I was like, you know what? It's Lottie's going to ask for forgiveness of permission. I'm, I'm going. Damn I'm right. Going. <laughs> and so, and I, I made sure Eddie Kingston was right in front of me just in case somebody said something. I was like, look at this crazy guy. Eddie <laughs> <laughs> I got the feeling that Eddie's not too far off from that character. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's, that's Eddie. That's yeah. Eddie. break into the best business who trained you and uh, how did that come about so it's, it's kind of a twofold deal man. i'm i'm the prototypical don't don't be this guy i like i never had like a a true training so i i started going to indie shows in california in 96 there was a place out at san bernardino boys and girls club ran three it was three blocks from my house called the inland empire wrestling i i ended up I had only known TV wrestling and wrestling I read in the magazine. So, like, this is where I kind of found, like, this whole world of, like, guys trying to make it. And one of the guys there was uh, Louis Ficoli, mm. uh, who was in between shots as Rad Radford and DCW brought. Yeah, yeah. And so I kind of was, I kind of showed up, like, way early. Like, bell time was, you know, seven. I was there at 11. Just way zero. I was so enamored with the business. I'm, I'm 14 years old at the time. Oh wow! And you know, I was like, I was, you know, I would do anything. Let me, you know, I would be more than happy to help you guys do anything, like whatever. So you know, I set up chairs, you know, help set up the ring, take tickets, pop popcorn, you whatever, whatever was asked me, I did it. And once the ring was up, I was kind of allowed to get in the ring and roll around, you know, and became buddies with a couple of the guys. And it got to the point where they wanted to try stuff out. And they were like, well, just bump the kid. He's 13. He doesn't have to like this body check, you know? He's going to beat up. So that's how I learned how to bump was so I could take moves from God. Fast forward to 98. And moved out to Georgia because at the time I was 15 and I was kind of on my own. I was in between places and uh, my grandma got sick and my aunt was moving out here. And I was like, well, WCW Kyle's Plants in Georgia. I'm going to go to Georgia. So that was, that was my grand scheme. I'm going to be a cruiserweight. I'm going to be the cruiserweight champion. And me and, you know, me and Hooven Tudor are going to be taking the town. <laughs> and so I came out to Georgia and maybe within a month, there was an indie show running at a baseball field around it by my house. 
so I went and checked it out, and that is where I saw Jason Cross. And I don't know if you guys remember Jason Cross from TNA, but, I mean, this, like I said, this is just 98-99, and this guy's doing shooting star leg drops and front flip on pretty ears in front of 40 people in a baseball field, and I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I want to like, say... Oh he was on the early pay-per-views, right? When they were doing the $10 a week pay-per-views? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gotcha. I, I, like I said, I just saw a man do a shooting for a leg drop. Like, wow. yeah, you're going to be my best friend forever. So I kind of buddied up with him, and he was like, well, you know, he was looking for a guy that could take his boots and I, you know, on show. I said, hey, baby, I'll be more than happy. Yes, please. So that's kind of how I broke in. Him and he was—he had a buddy named John Phoenix. And those are the two guys that kind of, they, they had a little training facility. And most of the time, like, it was just me, the two of them, and a couple other guys that would go out there and just bump around. And they, he got me booked on shows because I knew how to take his moves. And that's how I got my foot in the door at Wild Tide. And then from there, you know, I, I it was a lot of learning on the job versus, like, they, they always used to make fun of me because, like, I got my psychology from television wrestling. And not that that's a bad thing, but, like, that's just where, that's where I watched wrestling. It was within a month that I had kind of surpassed Jason Cross on the, why don't you do this here instead of here? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, they were like, they were like, oh, yeah, you, you, you're a savant. And I was like, oh, I wouldn't go that far. I, you know, <laughs> I've watched a lot of this, right? <laughs> I, I've spent a lot of time watching this. But yeah, and then, you know, so, and from Wildside, you know, I just, I sat under every learning tree I could. So, I mean, like, it was such a weird time in the business, too, because I started at Wildside right as, they, they still had the WCW developmental deal. I started this. So, like, my first night there, was February of 01. So the first PV I was there, it was Jindrak and Palumbo. No, Jindrak and Stasiak versus Palumbo and O'Hare. Mm. They were doing their match that they were doing on the pay-per-view for, for Super Bowl the next night. This was their, like, let's go through it, see if we got it, Matt. <laughs> well, so and the, cool, yeah. they flew out of Atlanta to be at the pay-per-view the next day. And like, that was my first night at Wildside. So there was... So much talent there, you know. This AJ AJ Styles was still there at the time, and Abyss was there at the time, and, you know. Plus the WCW talent, like to like Terry Taylor was there, AJ Ting, and all the WCW power fights. You know, I got to pick and choose from a bazillion different lines, and I'm real fortunate for that. To this day, I still, you know, like it, it taught me that you can never stop learning. So, like, even at the end of the day, of the day I still like. I try to drink stuff in. Like, when I get stumped, I'll go, you know, like, there's Ricky Morton. He's done everything. There's Robert Gibson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can figure his way out of this tag spot. Let's go talk to them, you know, or whatever. <laughs> That's how the world got stuck with me. That's awesome, man. <laughs> uh, now, we talked about this before we called a little bit, but you were recommended by Logan Creed of MLW. What's your guys' relationship? Logan, when, uh, I had taken a couple of years off. I, right around 2010, my son was, my second son was born. My first son, I wasn't around for like his first two years. So when the second kid was born, I was like, all right, I kind of need to, I, I kind of need to be a better dad. So I stopped taking a booking and everything was more close to home. And I, I kind of just, I was feeling burnout anyway. I'd been going pretty hard for 10 years. So I kind of got out of the business for a little bit. And then I got a job with TNA doing merchandise. 
it, it kind of checked all the boxes for me where I wasn't on air, but I was on the road every weekend and I was making money full time through wrestling. But I it also wasn't as grueling as, you know, 10 days tours of Japan or whatever. You know, I was, I was usually home three or four days a week. And that, that was my whole wrestling. Like I didn't, I, and before shows, I would get in the ring and roll around a little bit, but I never, I, you know, no matches, no matches. Well, when they let AJ go, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I, I kind of had a little foresight that things are not going to, like, I, I don't see us traveling much more. I'm going to leave. So I put in my notice, and I was kind of done with wrestling at that point. And, you know, I was, it wasn't even a bitter thing. It was, uh, I've done, I'm five foot seven, 180 pounds. I've done everything I can do, like, wrestled in every major ring I could think of. I've traveled the globe. Like, I'm happy. I don't want to be that bitter guy. I was home for maybe two months, but I had a buddy who runs a show maybe 30 minutes from me, and he calls me up and says, hey, uh, come do this show. I'm like, I'm good, man. I'm happy. Come on. Come do this one shop for me. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I got a guy I want you to work with. You know, what's it going to take? I said, okay, here's, here's my out. I'll give him a stupid number. He can say no to it. <laughs> We can both walk away with our hands held high. So I shot him the stupid number. He goes, oh, yeah, that's great. See you on the 20th. Wow. I was like, oh, no. So my then wife, I told her, like, hey, here's the deal. Like, I got suckered into one spot, but here's the money, and it's 30 minutes down the road. And she goes, oh, well, you need new gear. <laughs> and, and, and I go, wait, wait, that's not how this She's like, come on, you can brother a couple of people you know get some free gear. <laughs> I was like, all right, let me make some calls. So I made a couple calls and called Rick Michaels, who I've known forever. And I go, hey, man, I need you just to bro brother me a set of gear. <laughs> something, something easy, you know, a basic design. You know, I kind of walked him through what I was thinking. You know, nothing gaudy. I was like, it's a one-off. one I just, you know, it's going to be the first time the kid sees me, blah, 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 blah. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll take care of you. <laughs> and I go, well, how much you want? And he goes, oh, don't worry about the price. And I was like, awesome. And he goes, yeah, just come do a shop for me on the 21st. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that first show I did for my buddy, long story short, the first show I did for my buddy, uh, Logan was on the show. Oh. And he was kind of, he was one of the few guys that recognized, you know, what little name value I had. He, he, he kind of buddy-buddied with me, and he's been buddies ever since. That's awesome, man. <laughs> I was joking with him that he reminds me of Luke Gallows when we had him on, too. <laughs> Absolutely, no. That's, they, they, are, they are of the same ilk. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to pull aside a little bit here. Uh, we did this with Logan. We're, it's kind of a new thing we're doing, and we might do this in a later show, too. But we're trying to branch out, start something new. So we're just kind of challenging people out of our comfort zone a little bit here. We want to see like what else guys are interested in. So besides wrestling, do you have any other hobbies you like? Like favorite movies or you know other things that really spark your interest. The easy answer is no, but it, it's not true. But I mean, I'm I'm such a wrestler. Like I said, I'm a wrestling nerd. So, yeah, uh, I was thinking that when you said that earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's worn off on my son too. But like, so I collected wrestling figures as a kid, mm -hmm. and it's worn off on him. So like, we go on a lot of the figure hunts together. Which is fun, but like, like my favorite movies, easy. I've I played Desert Island a million times. If you give me Anchorman and Ninja Turtles 2, I'll be good. <laughs> very, very simple, man. I'm talking Secret of the Who's, not out of shadow. I thought you were going to say Wrestle and Road Diaries. That's why I said that. <laughs> no, I actually never seen it. Oh, yeah? Seen the movie. Yeah, I loved it, but I mean, I never, <laughs> I never sat down and watched the edited version. 
I think I have a copy of it somewhere in my house. I'm not sure where. Cabana gave me a copy, and this was right around the time I started with TNA. I kind of had the idea of, well, let me get some, you know, let me get like a hundred of these things and try to sell them. <laughs> but I knew TNA, I knew TNA wasn't going to clear it. I was like, ah, I'm good. So I got the one copy, and I just never, never got around to watching it. I've heard the thing. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I actually did watch it, Sal, and I had a question for you because when I was researching you, I noticed that the Wrestling Road Diaries, it was taped roughly 11 years into your career. And yeah. we're roughly 11 years from when it was taped. So what kind of lessons did you learn in the first 11 years versus the second 11 years? That's a, that's a great question. I, uh, I think I was fortunate enough, enough to learn, and some of it the hard way, but in my first 11 years, that like it's okay to accept change. It's the hardest thing in life to accept sometimes. Absolutely, but just, just, if you look at what wrestling was in, oh, you know, 2009 versus what wrestling is today, I mean, it's night and day, but that doesn't mean it's bad, it just means it's different. Absolutely. You know, like, a lot of the young guys, and it's crazy to me to even have to use that phrase mm-hmm. still, but a lot, of, a lot of the young guys that I talk to that are just breaking in, you know, kind of expect me to be... You know, all oh, these kids with their flips and their their high socks and their, you know, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love a good story, too. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I, I like it all. I'm a fan of pro wrestling, you know? Like, as right. a kid, I like my, my dude with the King of the African Dream. <laughs> I knew he was an African. <laughs> right, right. The, the, the secret leak. I don't know how it got back there. Well, like that that didn't make it any less fun for. Me. Right. You know, like I'm a big believer if in if you know what you're getting into, everything's everything's allowed. So you, there's not one set of rules in pro wrestling. And I definitely think I was fortunate enough to learn that in my first eleven years. And then actually watch the evolution of the business in the second half of it, where I see, oh, no, I was right. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was just talking to someone today. Just like uh, I, do, I own a bread business, I deliver bread, and I was talking to a younger person today at one of the stores, and I was just talking about like the difference, like in life, like things are just going to keep changing. Like now we have more yeah. social, we have social media that we didn't have, and there's good and bad that comes with that. It doesn't mean everything's all bad. Like sure, there's a lot of negativity, but you're also easy to promote and find people, and there's just depends how you use things. I think a lot of times. Oh yeah. No, and it's and it's funny because like I'm I'm a pretty positive dude just in general, so you you can find negativity in anything, but like, what's the point? What what are you accomplishing? Yeah, wasted energy. Yeah, like I just don't I don't have time for that. Like, let's find the fun in it, you know. So like, social media. Well, here's here's a great example. I was talking to my nine year old today, or not today, last night, and he was on my phone talking to one of his buddies. And I can hear him, and I go, all right, man, it's time for you to go. You need to hang up. And he goes, hang up what? And I was like, oh, my God. You literally don't have to hang up the phone anymore. Right. <laughs> you hit the, the end button. And sorry, I was like, well, you know, when I was a kid, you literally had to put the phone up on something. Right. Like, we, <laughs> we hung up the phone. Like, this is something non-existent phrase anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that younger people wouldn't even get the reference to what it means. They hear it. Yeah, yeah. 
I had a question now that you mentioned that you're a parent. Like, being a parent who's a wrestler, are your kids into wrestling? My eldest hates it. And I think, like, if he's 14, but I think he's got a deep-rooted... Well, I wouldn't say hate. He's, he's just he doesn't care. And I think a lot of his is not liking wrestling has to do with, well, that's what daddy went to go do when I was younger. So I didn't have daddy time. But my youngest son, I mean, he's, it's scary how much he is me. Like, I mm. see so much of me and him where, like I said, like, we collect the toys together, but I mean, he's, he's on the ball, man. Like, he, he smartens me up to things I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's the one, like, I got home one day when, whenever it was. I, I walked in the house one day and I was like, hey, what's up, man? He was like, worst day. I go, why is that? He goes, they released Luke Harper. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any things in wrestling that they're into that you just look at and you go, ah, that's not for me? Well, so it's, so I'm a bit, I have taken a, one thing I really love, and it's such a great bonding thing, at least on my end, is because I've got, you know, 20 years under my belt, I've been, I can't tell you a time I wasn't watching wrestling. So I'm kind of hardened and I, you know, like, ah, I can get over things real quick. I love to watch wrestling with him, with, with Jacob. Cause I love to watch it through his eyes. You know, mm. like I know what I like and I know what I don't like. I don't like to, I don't like to give my opinions to him. I like him to give me his opinions to see what he gets into and what he doesn't get into. One, for example, like Humberto Korea. He is a beautiful man. Hmm. Does absolute does nothing for it. Just does, like he's just not my guy. I couldn't care less. Hmm. I just you know it's 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 not a knock on his work. It's not a knock on anything other than I don't care. He's just so I have that feeling. But like when he comes out, I don't like openly grow because I want to see what his reaction is. Because then I can test to see if the guy is getting over or not. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I guess when he returned, and he, Jacob was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about this guy. Oh. And I was like, all right, you get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. We're friends. You know what's funny? I was listening to uh, Chael Sonnen, uh, you might know, who does MMA, and he's been yeah, a pro wrestler. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he was saying that, like, him and Randy Couture would go wrestle week with the high school kids sometimes because they would see what they were working on and what was new coming up. And it kind of reminds yeah. me of this, like with your son, like you're watching, you can see, okay, what does he like now? And what's kind of new? And it's, I think it's a way to keep us young sometimes to have like younger people around us, you know? You get to see it with Oh, guys. yeah. Yeah. No, and it's, it's like this thing is, I love, it's always funny taking him to live events too, because like just his reactions to things so, like, we went to one a few years ago, and it was Kate and Braun Strowman. And, like, he, I love my kid more for anything other than, like, he stands by his beliefs. So, like, Braun Strowman was full boogie baby tape at this point. Like, there was no, like, there was no question. Like, Braun Strowman was as baby faced as the kid. He's flipping over fire trucks <laughs> and, you know, juggling the autos. And... <laughs> But my son will remember. You know, he was like, no, man, I ain't about this dude. No, man, he's not a good guy. I remember. <laughs> so, so, like, he's the only guy in the crowd booing Frost Stroke. But it's not because, like, 
it's not because he didn't appreciate his work or no, he's like, no, dude, you remember the Wyatt family, and I'll never let that go. <laughs> <laughs> or just like with Cesaro. So like I've known Claudio. Like I, I, I when Claudio first got into Ring of Honor, it was right around the same time I did. And so he didn't know a lot of people. But if you've ever talked to Claudio at length, like he loves Gasto. Just loves him. And that's something I have in common with him. I'm the, the punnier and the, the, the cornier the joke is, the better it is. <laughs> I just love him. Like the one thing I used to always, you know, like the one joke I always had for him was, what's orange and sounds like a parent? A parent. <laughs> but you when, popped us. Jacob, yeah, yeah. So when Jacob got into it, Cesaro was for heel. And I mean, I'm talking, so he's a heel. He's, you know, he's we the people with Jack Swagger. Hmm. He wouldn't let it go. Hmm. He would not let it go. Until it was it was like a year after he finally turned babyface. He did a, he did Eight Man with the New Day on Raw. And I helped break in Xavier Wood. He's, you know, personal friend, kids call him Uncle Austin, like, he's, mm. you know, and once Cesaro teamed with Xavier Wood, he looks over at me and he goes, you know what? He might be okay. that's awesome it's always interesting to see what changes a kid's mind or what they see in wrestling because they're seeing it for the first time we've been hardened to it over the years oh absolutely and like I can't say like I'm I'm, so there's some guys that like I'm just infatuated with that I can't help that like so like before before Buddy Murphy because like he watches 205 Live with me so I mean like this is literally like two of the four viewers that show had. <laughs> uh, and so like, you know, like when Buddy Murphy was doing his thing on 205 Live, I was like, this is my dude. I love Buddy Murphy. Mm. So like, Buddy Murphy is super duper over in the Renato household. <laughs> way before he was a baby thing, way before he was on Raw, way before, you know, way before he even had a character. I was like, man, this dude's the good. Like, that was the big Christmas present he got this year, was he got the two Buddy Murphy figures. Hmm. And he was like, man, Santa for real loves me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I'm not... I, 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 I try to only put the positivity out there for us. Like, if there's someone I don't watch, I don't try to influence him negatively. Like, you know, when Pete Dunn comes out, I can't help but go, yeah, that, that Pete Dunn fellow, he's a heck of a pro wrestler. Mm. I like him a lot. Well, hey, you know, we had you on for a little over half hour now. I'll just ask you a couple more questions here. What are some of your goals still now that you're still in the business? You know, anything else you want to promote after that? It's crazy because, like, I've met goals. I, I heard this real inspirational story, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a guy that was in a bomber in a uh, airplane. Uh, he was a fighter. He was over in Iraq. plane got shot down. Everybody in it died but him. Hmm. But he was destroyed. I mean, both his legs were mangled. And he, he was saying that, so he, he was just left to, to no devices on this beach. And so what he would do is take his, he had a stick, and he would take a stick and draw a line in the sand and say, all right, if I can just crawl to that spot, I can take a rest. And he would do it over and over and over and over until he crawled to some town miles away. That's kind of the way I look at my my goals in pro wrestling now. Where like 
I'm I'm not going to get fined for it. It's just it's just not going to happen, especially since I broke my heart. But like, if I can just make enough headway to be mentioned, like that's enough for me. Like I'm very happy with. Oh, like I said before, like I I kind of stepped away in 2013 because I was good. Like I I'm fortunate enough to have the perspective to realize that like even if even if I don't get that WrestleMania pre-show battle royal spot. I've had a good, I've had a good run, you know, like I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with what I've been able to accomplish. But as far as goals, like especially now, like with NWA taking off the way it has, especially for me, like I was, I mean, that TV title, I think was look just wonderful <laughs> at my house. I got a little spot for it. That was just put super duper cool. There you go. <laughs> so, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely love to get in the, in the TV title mix. I finally, at the last set of taping, I got to do an on-set promo. And that was my, like I said, when I walked into the building and saw the, the stage and the desk and everything, that was immediately like, I've got to do a, I got to do a promo on set. Like, that was my thing. And I finally got to do it at the last set of taping. And that was super cool. I'd like to at least get one more of those. I did it with May, and we had a great time. But I'd love to, uh, I'd love to get involved in an angle where I get to do a, a by myself on set promo. That'd be super cool. Uh, there's a ton of guys there that I'd still love to mix it up with. I've known Caleb Conley since his second match, and I don't think he and I have ever done a singles. So I would love to get you know a singles match with Caleb Conley they just brought Matt Cross in who I've done stuff with in the past but you know I'd, I'd love to get get in there with him Ricky Stark Dickie Dice I mean there's a, there's a lot of guys and, you know and then obviously you know Nick Aldis I, just the just with the prestige of what the NWA title is and all the hard work that they've done in making that title have some kind of significance again I'd love to get at least one shot at the NWA world title. Just, you know, that's one of those things that, like, 20 years from now, I can tell my kids I did it. You know, whether I won or lose or whatever. But, oh, yeah, I had a shot at the NWA world title. I think that'd be a cool thing. Like I said, I know those aren't all going to happen tomorrow, but we'll see. You know, uh, I've been fortunate, man. That power crowd, for whatever reason, loves them some Salonaro. There you go, man. Yes, they do. Now, uh, one last question before we have you promote anything. What's been your key to longevity in the business? I, I told this I told this advice. I've, well, I've told it to 100 people, but my whole thing has always been, you need to love pro wrestling because it doesn't love you. Mm. You know, like, pro wrestling doesn't owe any one person anything. You know, like, it. It's going to survive. Pro wrestling will always survive. It's such a good form of entertainment that there will always be some form of pro wrestling. It's not self-reliant on one... It's not reliant on one person. It's a very self-reliant entity. My whole thing is, like, just love it. Find the fun in it, man. Like, if you can't... If you can't find fun in pro wrestling, I I, I just don't understand what what you're doing. You know, like... That was my thing when I took a step back. It wasn't fun for me because I was beating myself over the head trying to figure out what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. And now I'm so fortunate that, like, I'm having more fun at 37 than I did at 17. And it's because I truly, I just, I love pro wrestling. I love it. I love all of it. I love the art of it. I love 
I love the behind the scenes. I love the front of the scenes. I love every aspect of pro wrestling. And I mean, that's really the key is, you know, just love it. Have fun with it. You know, make it your own. Make it, like, I truly believe, like, this is the greatest form of art in the world. And, like, I'm fortunate enough, like, as a kid, I used to draw constant. I would draw the caricatures of wrestlers and Ninja Turtles, basically. And, you know, like, a couple of my friends liked it, but I knew I was never going to be an artist. But, like, this is truly a way of being able to express art. And it's just, it, it's such, it's such a cool thing, man. And it's, I'm also being on, like, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, that's okay. Like, I've got tons of friends that don't like pro wrestling. And that's okay. You don't have to like it. But, I mean, I, I know I love it. And, like I said, I've watched it evolve from, you know, 1982 to today. And I love it more today than I did as a kid. You know, it's just, it's yeah. the Preaching to the choir, man. Everything you just said, like, I talk to people that are negative about things all the time. And I just say, well, don't watch that. And, you know, like, you don't have to, like, love every wrestling show. But if you love wrestling, you're going to find some wrestling show you love. Or you're going to find something on it you love if you really love wrestling. And- Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I got that, I, you know, I, uh, I, I built my own in January, so I'm out of commission right now. So, like, I'm trying to relearn how to just be at home, which is which is harder than any match I've ever had. Like, so I got the pay-per-view, I got the pay-per-view Saturday, and I, I invited a couple friends over. And one guy was like, why would you watch that? Mm. You, you know, like, you don't, you don't even work there. I was like, who cares? But I have friends that do work there. I love pro wrestling, and, yeah. like, I promise you it's going to be good. There's going to be something you're going to enjoy, you know, like... Yeah. If the, if the Young Bucks and Kenny and Adam Page aren't your cup of tea, you know, maybe Cody and JFR. Maybe, you know, like, you know, maybe Orange Cassidy's your thing. I know he's my thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was something completely different for me, and I loved it. Like, I don't know about you, but the rolling over spot where he just looks like he's legit cracking up at one point, I lost it. I thought this was great. So good. And I mean, this thing is, and it's, because, like, I'm a huge Neville guy, or or, uh, Pac, love Pac. So, on paper, that's such a weird matchup. Right. But... But, you know, there's no fight adage that matchups make their styles make matchups. You know, and, like, this was, I loved it. Like, I, that was genuinely, like, there's no disrespect to anybody else on the card because they all, it was a solid show, top to bottom. It was really good. But Pac and Orange Cassidy was the one I was like, yeah, I'm glad I watched this one. Just saying. It was super enjoyable. I was excited for that match because I'm looking forward to Orange Cassidy versus Suzuki at spring break. And this was almost a preview of that joking style versus this dude that could break him in pieces. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so, so much fun. So much fun. So, Sal, is there anything you want to promote before I let you go? It's Tuesday, 605, YouTube, NWA Power, and... Again, just talking about styles, man. This is—they have done such a good job. Like I can't, I can't say enough good things about finding. They they really found their niche. You know, they're not trying to—they're not trying to be McDonald's in a in a fast food world. You know, they're more like an in and out. Where like it's it's not necessarily for everybody. It's not everywhere. But if you like it, you like it. So come watch it. Definitely check out New York Power 605 Eastern on YouTube. 
You can follow me at Salonaro on Twitter. I'm very new to it. I still haven't really figured out all the, uh, the, the mechanics of the Twitter world. That was my holdout. My buddies finally beat me to death and told me I had to get on Twitter. So I've done it. I don't know if I've done it successfully, but I'm there. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Sal Ranaro. No, I think it's Sal underscore Ranaro. And uh, yes. you can check out my Facebook at you know, Sal Ranaro. R-I-N-A-Z-O-O. I would be that things that dream. I mean, how many vowels do I got? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, all right, Sal. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're a great talker, a great interview. We love your passion. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again, man. Thank you so much for everything. All right, sounds great. Yes, bro. Thank you, guys. Question for you. We found out you uh, got to abandon everything, too. We didn't know yeah. if this would be, be complicated, but if it's not complicated, we'd be willing to play one of your songs like as an intro for the episode, if that's just... Easy to do, but I don't know like copyright and stuff too. If that's a problem, if the record label comes bitching at you, you tell them that Zicky said it was all right. All right, awesome, awesome, man. This is the new NWA World Must See Television Champion Outlandish Zicky Dice, and you're listening to the Working Fans Podcast. All right, everybody, it's the Working Fans Podcast. Dave's here, and we got current NWA Television Champion, the Outlandish one. Ziggy Dice. Ziggy, how are you, my man? I'm terrible. I'm not even going to respond to that intro because my new name, this is what I'm going by from here on out. So I'm going to say it here loud and clear so everyone hears it right the first time so there's never any mistake. It is the new NWA World, quotation mark, must-see TV champion, outlandish Ziggy Dice. And I'm doing well. I'm doing much better now. You see? I already feel better. You know what? It is day seven. I am on day seven of my television reign. And I haven't done anything. I've been sipping on some drinks, hanging out with some flamingos. I got umbrellas in the cup. I got the championship uh, helping me with my can. Life is great. Goddamn, man. You're making me feel better. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. Thank you. That was awesome. First thing I'm going to ask you about, because I did some research on you and I was curious. You got yourself uh, a band, too. The- yes. How did yeah, that come about? I, Tell us about the band. Oh, man. Uh, well, what came first? The chicken or the egg, right? I've been singing in the band that since I was... So I had two dreams when I was sitting in school, not paying attention, daydreaming about everything else. And that was uh, music and wrestling. I wrestled from ages, I think, like five until my sophomore year in high school. My pops had passed away then, and that was like kind of our thing, uh, wrestling, that is. So I kind of just got numb to life and over everything else. And from there, I found punk rock and hardcore and music and started uh, some local bands and in high school and played all the way through. And then uh, after getting out of high school, I kind of like sold members from different bands and made uh, the almighty heart to heart. And uh, we've been playing, I think, since, uh, you could say about 2007-ish, but 2009, I think, is what we say. is when our first release was, <clears throat> yeah, ever since about five years ago, my band was on a warp tour. We played with bands like The Story So Far, um, For Your Strong, Comeback Kids, Senses Fail. We did the damn thing. <clears throat> and it's funny because music is what led me to wrestling. I was acting kind of heelish on stage. We had a show in Nashville, and the tour manager, John James Ryan, at the time was like, hey, I got to talk to you at the end of the night. And I was like, oh, man, I thought we were in trouble getting kicked out the tour. He's like, listen, I think you need to become a professional wrestler. He's like, you just... He's like, you, I think you would be so successful in this business, think you should go and do it. So I did. 
I moved to, uh, went home, finished that tour. I moved to uh, Moline, Illinois, where I then started training in the third class of the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy under Crotch, Merrick Brave, and Seth Rollins. And that decision, that whole story happened five years ago. So we took a little hiatus, if you will, and I put my time and energy into becoming Nikki Dice. And since I've been rock and rolling, I was like, hey, you know what? I want to do another record. So uh, we just released a record this past Valentine's Day, Heart to Heart's Heartbreaker, and out now, everywhere you stream and listen to music on In Vogue Records. So uh, I'm just, I'm just living the lavish life. Yeah, you really are, man. This is great stuff. I got. And what about uh, this? It's kind of crazy, right? So you're a pro wrestler. You're working for the NWA. You're the world television champion, and the guy who owns that right now is the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, it's it's insane. I was my birthday this past September. We went and saw my boss gave me Smashing Pumpkins tickets. And we went and saw the Smashing Pumpkins, and uh, you would have told me that night that just in two months' time I'd be working for him. I probably would have told you to fly a kite. <laughs> Being a champion. I don't, even, I don't even know if uh, Billy knows I'm in a band, to be honest with you. Oh, he might. Wow. That's funny. Well, you're like, uh, like the seven, we've been interviewing a lot of NWA guys, so if we have, we have our way, we're going to get that fucking out there. <laughs> we want to wanna pump this up, man. you got a lot of stuff going on. It's super cool. Nice, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good stuff to come up coming up with the NWA. You know, we got we got some more Circle Squared coming up here with some more drops and, and match announcements for the Crockett Cup coming up April nineteenth in Atlanta. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Any chance, to find uh, right maybe you got a partner. Yeah. Maybe I do need a partner. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about cloning myself <laughs> just to ensure that I win the tournament. I think if I clone myself, I mean, come on now. I think it's a goddamn sure and shoo-in, man. You got this. <laughs> Another interesting little tidbit. You ended up with a little thing I caught on your Twitter on Adult Swim one time. Yeah, I was on a dating show on Adult Swim. The show was called, oh man, Pop, uh, Digikiss. Digikiss. That poor <laughs> gal that I was on that date with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked interesting. <laughs> yeah, she had no idea. Oh, you had, oh, it was great. I had my fiance like walk into the room and, and all pissed off on the episode. She's like, who the hell are you talking to? I was like, oh, my cousin. And the girl on the date phone, she's like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It, it, was, it was a super fun episode. I set the whole thing up. Dude. I had trapped uh, throughout that whole episode. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. Actually, I was supposed to be, here's a funny story for you. I posted this on Twitter too. I was supposed to be on the Maury Povich show this past Friday. Did you know that? No, no, no. Tell us about that. They wanted to fly me out. They called me while I'm here, chilling, and they said, what are you doing Friday? First, they had called me the night, uh, the week of hard times, and they wanted me in Connecticut to go film Maury that week, and I told them I was busy, and I couldn't couldn't cancel what I had going on. And then, this past, last week, I had gotten a call from them again. They were trying to fly me out on Friday. So I have these kids, uh, I guess they wrestle in some stupid tag team called Four Minutes of Heat. And and they think that they're claiming that I am their dad. And they've followed me around to shows and they've harassed me and they have they, they have these like poor excuse for a mullet and and just trying to act and be like me and I'm like, you know what, you guys are not my kids. I keep talking about some woman Nancy in Nashville that I cross paths with. This is the greatest story. <laughs> oh no, this is all real. This is real. You think I am sitting here drinking my you. coffee relaxing this this is a hundred percent real. This you can't make life. that up. And, and no, and I called, and, and she's like, "So, what makes you think they're your kids?" I heard you on the phone. I'm like, I don't know. They kind of follow me, and they, they I've seen them in 
Washington, Oregon, and California. And, and so she called them. I don't know what happened. I think they had a show, so that's why it didn't work. So I'm still waiting to get to the bottom of this. And Maury, if you're listening, we need you to help us figure this shit out. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is already a bunch of firsts in our show. <laughs> Do you have a You're Not the Father dance prepared? <laughs> well, you know, they came to a show and they brought me a, a DNA test. And I grabbed and I hit the one, the, the more dumber one in the head with it, and I just started fighting the both of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a true story. Oh my god, it's great. Do you, yeah, Nine inches. After weird after that, but do you or your fiance have a dog named Ric Flair? Did I read that right? I, I do have a dog named Ric That's Flair. That's fucking I awesome. Ric Flair, the nature pup. I got Ric Flair. Ric Flair is five, four, almost five and a half. Nice. I got him right before moving to Black and Brave at eight weeks old. So he's been my tag team partner ever since. It's been me and Flair on this whole wrestling journey. It's funny, like, <clears throat> when I won the title, I was talking to him about it. Like, straight up, it was just me and him. I was like, who would have thought, dude? Who would have thought, you know? <laughs> so it was me and him. moved across country together, and we did the damn thing. And honestly, if it wasn't for my dog, Rick Flair, I don't know where in the hell I'd be because he's gotten me through some hard times. Dude, I thought like, and this is this is the truth. Like when the TV title tournament came out, I thought like you'd be a perfect TV champion because most great TV champions are good heels. Anderson, Blanchard, how's it feel to be in that company? It's unreal. I think now that uh, it's been seven days, it's been a little easier to process because you know we film we film a whole season in a weekend, so hmm. I've had to keep this under wraps for about six weeks wow. now. So, I, you think that I'd have plenty of time to wrap my brain around it, but it's, 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 you know, and then you see the episode air and all that goes down, and my phone, like, literally exploded. And that's my red uh, old ringer phone. I don't have a cell phone right now. I'm ta- actually talking to you out of my fax machine. Um, <laughs> but it exploded, yeah. I've, uh, you know, I've got carrier signals. i got some a few p- pigeon messages. <laughs> um, Smoke signals, definitely smoke signals around. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy time, and I look forward to being. And you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, man, I haven't even had to cheat yet. <laughs> I haven't even had to cheat yet. Who knows, who knows what I'll do? Maybe I will. Maybe here's an idea. Maybe I'll set up seven victories on the first season, uh, the next season, episode one, seven victories in a row. Maybe I'll go around the world and find what I think are the world's best top competitors and I will get I will just to prove how great of a fighting champion I really am, I will defend the title seven times in one night. You know what? I just saw a thing, a documentary on George Foreman beat five heavyweights in one night as an exhibition. You could do seven. Fucking top it. Sorry, George. Dude, dude, easy. Easy. <laughs> now how wild is and it then, that- and then maybe I'll have to ten pounds of paint if I want to. Maybe as soon as I win that belt I'll just dip it in pink paint and glitter and swing it around the world. How about that? <laughs> now, how wild is it that your first championship is the NWA TV title? Would you believe me if I told you I had a five-foot picture of me hanging on the wall with me licking it right behind me as we speak right now? <laughs> I won't believe that after everything else. <laughs> I would definitely it's awesome. believe that. It's made me even more outlandish than ever. Now, I can. Now you know what I can do? You know what the, this power does? I can walk into anyone's house 
grab the remote, and change the channel to whatever I want. <laughs> that's, that's one of the first things television champion. I control the TVs. <laughs> You're running the show. You know what? Funny you're talking about. Okay, so the outlandish, you got the crazy hair and everything and the tights. I was telling Joe one time, we were watching you, and Joe said I was looking too close, but whatever, fuck Joe. I said, I think that's poop on his, like, tights, like a smiling poop thing. And so, go ahead. I love it. So, it, it's my beard, but my tongue comes down all the way down Main Street. So, like, yeah, it, it's my whole face. <laughs> with, with the nose perfectly placed, the tongue perfectly placed, I mean... I There's totally an art. They don't call me outlandish for nothing. I guess I need to look further, look closer. <laughs> you need to look closer at his ass. I, you know, I mean, things I'm looking. Yeah, like when you do the, the splits or sing or sing the village people on my back. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Now, one other thing, a little, one other tidbit about you, I learned is you actually had quite an amateur background too, right? Uh, freestyle Greco-Roman yeah. and samba. Yeah, I wrestled a freestyle Greco-Roman folk style. I'm a two-time national wrestling champion and freestyle Greco-Roman, and I and I did a little samba there as well. Yeah, man, I was just to my own horn the sophomore year. I think I only lost one match, one or two matches my sophomore year before giving it up. So I always think of where I could have been or where I could have gone. But then again, here's the thing with wrestling: it's kind of it's kind of a bummer to see. Like you go through high school, yeah, maybe you go to college and wrestle and. You know, after that, what do you do? You either go into MMA or trying in the Olympic trials. I always thought it would be so badass to see actual wrestling duels, like a, a like a, a pro wrestling, if you will, right? So, like, let's say you got Oklahoma City versus you know, Dallas, Texas, and you got the old like high school duels, right? Like, you got the weights going all the way up, and I always thought that would be sick. I would watch that yeah. I mean, anytime, like. I love flow wrestling. I love watching them on Instagram. Sometimes at the gym, they got some uh, wrestling on. If there's wrestling on, I, I, dude, it, it's got my attention. I miss the smell of the bleach and the mat. Mm. And I was the most disciplined. I wrestled, me and my brother wrestled for this team called um, Guadalupe Wrestling. Now, uh, it was a predominantly uh, Mexican-American team. Me and my brother at the time were the only uh, Italian, well, we're Italian and Puerto Rican, but we were we, we stood out. Let me put it that way, mm. and and we we traveled with this team. Now this team was the most disciplined I've ever been in my life. And this is it's funny. This is something I haven't talked about before. Oh. We were not allowed to talk to any other team. We had very strict punishment. There was times where we couldn't leave training until there was a bucket full of throw up. Our oh. coach would have us running with crash bags to lose weight. It was. It was hell, man. And God forbid we talked to someone else. Even our own parents, we weren't allowed to talk to our parents at tournaments. While all the other teams were sitting on the benches waiting for their matches, we were under the bleachers, either jump roping or jumping up uh, jumping up and down, like the warm-up position, the whole entire time. If anyone talks to you, the whole team is punished. Wow. Uh, if you talk back, we were literally like wrestling soldiers. It was insane. No wonder why you were so um, good. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I mean, that, that, I mean, we put in the time and the work, and I literally... We had no choice. I, it was, ah, it, the story gets crazier. I mean, the coach is crazier. Anyone knows that from my hometown knows that story. Wow. A lot of shady shit I saw at a young age, too. I remember there was one wrestling tournament, like the coach, like, so shitty, man. He had one of the lighter guys weigh in for one of the, one of the guys at, like, state championships, like, basically register as him not to kind of, like, cheat the tournament. And then I'm like, then they're, like, 11 years old. Like, what the hell's going on here, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of show, like, that's the wrestling camp I came out of. I've been a heel since day one, baby. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> now, do you follow MMA at all, too, or? 
I know I used to. Chuck Liddell is from where I where I uh, okay. lived and grew up. So I would see him walking around. I used to uh, be a huge Chuck fan when Chuck was on top. That's more when I followed. And from after that, I kind of like, uh, I don't know. I got busy. I don't I don't watch any sports either. I, I hardly like, dude, my life is consumed by Zicky at the moment. I am, I'm getting married this year, though. Nice. So yeah, planning a wedding in between. Beyonce says that Zicky is not allowed at the bachelor party or the wedding. So. <laughs> Good move on her part. <laughs> yeah, trying to figure out that now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, even if one of our girlfriends can come on the bachelor party, she's like, yeah, well, what do you think about mixing both of our bachelor party together? I was like, oh, good grief. So what, what do you got coming up? Hey, yeah, let's see. This weekend I am at Championship Wrestling from Arizona. I have, dude, there's a huge show. I wish I could talk about it right now. It's not announced yet, but you will never believe where I'm wrestling. Never. But when you see it, you're going to be like, yes, he would. So keep an eye out for that. I've got that coming up. I can't wait for that to be announced. I return to bar wrestling. I've got some more AAW in Chicago. I've got the Crockett Cup coming up, as well as some more NWA taping. Championship wrestling from Hollywood. The best way, let me put it this way. I live a crazy outlandish life, and I can't even keep track. So if you want to attempt to do it with me, I've made it nice and simple for everybody. It's at Zicky Dice, Z-I-C-K-Y-D-I-C-E on every piece of social media available. All that, I'm always posting shows as they come in and week of, and yeah, that's the best I've got. Ziggy, you killed it. I hope we didn't kill much of your heel heat. I think you're a great guy. <laughs> and, uh, no, all good. All good. All right, man. Thank you so much, and uh, say hi to Ric Flair for me, man. <laughs> Okay, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, I'm going to call it wrestler's favorite shit and find out what your favorite is. All right. Favorite pizza. Favorite pizza. Oh, there's. A, I'm going to go with the spot. We had this conversation in our car ride the other day. My top favorite pizzas that I've had, I think I've ever had in my life is Elizabeth Pizzeria in Elizabeth, New Jersey. And that I would get probably the pepperoni and pineapple. Eat it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I know New Jersey is fucking awesome for pizza. I stopped in there once. Favorite movie. The Crow. Crow, good, good. I think we might have good got soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, favorite band. Let's go with that. Oh man, God, 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 God. This. Okay, this this one got down to a top five. Okay. That's either gonna be, oh, geez, the Get Up Kid, Poison the Well, the Starting Line, Outline Trio. Who's the other one I can go there? God and Deftones. Nice, nice. You excited for that Deftones tour coming up? Oh, dude, I think, I, I'm, like, I was trying to look while driving the other day. Oh, yeah, do me, okay? Mm-hmm. I was trying to line up my calendar with the dates real quick, because I, I, I'm notorious for double booking myself. If someone's like, hey, what are you doing here? This day, I'm like, dude, let's go. And the next day, you know, I'm already booked to wrestle somewhere. I'm like, oh, damn it, you know, so I have to, like, back out on one of them. But I am trying to line up. Last time I saw Deftones, I, uh, I was just about to move uh, back home from Chicago, and they played, like, I forgot what the venue was, but it's like right near the water. It was like them, Thrice. Oh, man, I forgot who else played. Oh, and oh, my God. I'm drawing the biggest blank. Or, oh, Rise Again and Rise Again. And I remember like the moon was shining over like the Chicago skyline. I was just watching Death Tones Rock. It was the sickest night of my life. Do no, that's a lie. Last week was the sickest night of my life. That was just another great night. <laughs> Do you have a particular favorite Death Tones album? Oh, dude. Probably White Pony. I was going to say that myself. Just what they did with their sound and took it to the next level. Like, I could listen to that album front to back every time. Yeah. Yeah. I got a white pony tattoo, actually, on my right leg. 
and it has a date under it. My buddy, Gabi, may he rest in peace, one of my good friends growing up, he did not know how to play guitar, but he loved the depth zone, so he used to just grab this acoustic guitar we had laying around and pretend to play it. Like, seriously, though, he mm. seriously tried. And he'd be like, <laughs> you know, like the whole time. Yeah. And he actually started taking guitar lessons because of death. So when he passed away, me and me and my good friend were like, dude, what can we get tattooed for him? I was like, dude, white pony. So we got the white pony for him, but also for us because we were all huge Deftones heads, you know? That's awesome. Oh, right. uh, he would, if he was alive, he would trip out. And if my dad was alive, he would be tripping out on everything going on right now. Like, my, my my brother's wife posted, uh, I don't know, she was some hole on Facebook the other day and found pictures like, it said pool party, Newark, New Jersey, 1979. There was photos of my dad. I posted them on, on my uh, Instagram story the other day. And they look identical to me now. Like, it's like spitting image, you know? So if you think, this, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, right? So mm. you think, uh, I didn't originate being in the Atlantis. I come from an Atlantis one. I believe it. <laughs> All right, uh, two more. Favorite comedian? Oh, shoot. Oh, man. I'm probably Adam Sandler. Okay, that's good, yeah. And besides you, favorite wrestler? Favorite wrestler. Man, this is a tough one. Of all time, it's probably Shawn Michaels. Now, to date, that would be Rick Martel, mm. Mr. Perfect, and Ravishing Rick Rude. That's a great list. Welcome to the 531, where we take our top five list on a particular subject, debate it down to a top three list, further debate it down to a top one. This week, we got our favorite intercontinental champions. AJ sent in a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's that motherfucker got? Coronavirus or some goddamn shit? Where the hell I know, he's at? quarantined himself for like a month and a half, too. Oh, my God. You know, he calls in, he no-shows. I mean... I know he likes it when I talk shit about him. He's not here because I talked to him. He says he appreciates that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know what he did. I think he said something about, like, Chris Benoit for life, and then he went into hiding. It's none of our business. AJ, that's how you feel. Love you. Let's, All talk, right, about well, Let's talk, talk about his list. Talking about his list, number one is Mr. Perfect. Yep. Number two, you called it, is Chris Benoit. <laughs> number three is Greg Valentine. Number four is Randy Savage. Mm. And I'll be goddamned if Jason from Walmart doesn't pop for this. Pedro Morales is number five. Pedro Morales. And you know what? I got to tell you, I had to talk to him about this list because he originally sent me another list, a couple other names on it. He had Goldust on it. And I said, Goldust, that's cool. He's good. And he said, I don't know why. He said it was so weird. He said, yeah, but the real pervy version of Goldust, he would touch himself a lot. That's the one I want on there. And I said, are you sure? The way you worded that is kind of weird. (laughs) And he said, yeah, yeah. And then he changed his mind, and then he tried to tell me about Adrian Adonis. And I said, oh, Adrian Adonis with the leather jacket, the biker. He said, no, with the flowers and the pink tights. So he was, I was like, dude, he wasn't IC champ. So he goes, okay, otherwise I definitely want to put him on. He's feeling a little weird this week. I don't know what's going on. But anyway. <laughs> Scott from Voluntown had Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Randy Savage, mm. Chris Jericho, Razor Ramon. It's a good list. I'm going to give you my list because for some reason I positioned myself third. I have Mr. Perfect, Mm. Randy Savage. I went a little different with this one. I'm talking IWGP Intercontinental Uh Champion because nobody fucking specified Shinsuke Nakamura. And I'm going to put that one over huge because at a time where Okada and Tanahashi are battling for the main belt, Mm -hmm. Nakamura made the IWGP Intercontinental Championship something. Fuck, I should have put Naito on this list. I'm a little mad I didn't do it. Uh, While you're at it, maybe you should read Zach's list because Zach told me that if the IWGP Intercontinental title was included, he wanted to make a change. Ah, shit. I so, didn't, well, we'll get to that. I got to finish yeah. off my list. Okay, so yeah, go keep going. We'll get so to that number next. four is Ricky Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Number five is Chris Jericho. 
Glad you put Ricky in there. One of the all-time great workers. Didn't have the longest Intercontinental title reign, but he's involved in why do you consider one of the best matches of all time on the biggest card of all time, Randy Savage, WrestleMania three. For the Intercontinental title. And he lost to a guy who probably had the Intercontinental title the longest. And some would say he's the greatest, but I haven't heard his name list yet mentioned. He's not on my list either. That's the hockey talk, <laughs> man. Just saying. Anyway. Speaking of Randy, Randy from Griswold, Randy Osga. You know who the fuck he oh, is. Oh, yeah. Former guest. Had one Chris Jericho, mm. two Shawn Michaels, three Randy Savage, four Mr. Perfect, and Jason from Walmart, you better sit the fuck down because he had Pedro Morales as number five. Oh, man. You know what I was about t- Pedro Morales? He always had these, like, orange tights that look like they had big sweat stains on them for some reason. But I dug that <laughs> as a kid. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Jesse from New Hampshire had Chris Jericho, Ricky Steamboat. Finally, the Honky Tonk Man pops up. Hey. The Rock. And Razor Ramon. It's a fucking fantastic list. I'd like to have you read it. All right, so we got to Zach's list. Go ahead, read his list as it is. Okay. I'll I'll tell you what it is. He had Randy Savage. Yep. Shawn Michaels. Mm Mm-hmm. Bret Hart. Sure. Randy Randy Savage again. Fuck, I... This list has got to be fucked. Let's... Joe's fucking tired, folks. It's okay. I got this list from Thank Zach. Thank God you said it's tired and not a wellness policy violation well, like you've been at in the past. Joe had, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> Zach had Randy <laughs> Savage, uh, Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho. I don't know which one's you. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Zach. Uh, my, my boy fucked up. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Mr. Perfect, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho. <laughs> I had Razor Ramon. Where's Razor? Oh, Mr. Perfect, Chris Jericho. Okay. Mm. But if the IWGP title is in. If the IWGP title is in, you know who's getting out? Bret Hart. Sorry, buddy. We love you, Bret. But Nakamura's in, baby. Two for Nakamura. (laughs) Bret screwed Bret. (laughs) Joe tried to screw everybody on that one. Joe screwed Zach. (laughs) I screwed the pooch on this one. Speaking of. The St. John's Jake showed up this week, mm-hmm. author of that Lost City Highway. We're going to put a fucking link up that. On yeah, Twitter we're going to put a link up because I just fucking said the name of the book. Don't 100% remember it. I fucking own it. Mm. You should own it too. But his list is Mr. Perfect, yep. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Randy Savage, Razor Ramon. Goddamn right it is. I double checked your work this time, baby. <laughs> Sheaf had Razor Ramon, mm. Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels. Mr. Perfect, Randy Savage. Nice. Uh, what about our guest this week? Our guest this week, Zicky Dice, is yeah. going to tell you in his own words his list. And oh. here it is. Who would Zicky Dice's top five IC champs be? Oh, man. Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, God, Mr. Perfect, of course. Mr. Perfect, yep. Oh, man, dude. Yeah, it's funny. Warrior. Oh, man, 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 man. Yep. And Rude, right? Yeah, Rude. Rude was IC champ. Yep, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. These lists can be hard yeah, to come up yeah, with because there's so many. There is, and I mean that, that list can change at any day and any time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. There's no specific order, of course. 100%. I just, like you know, I pitched, like oh, I always loved too when the Warrior had like that deep on green strap on the on the Eagle Belt. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, dude, it's cool. beautiful, beautiful. All right, Dave, who do you have for a list? All right, my list. I haven't heard this guy mentioned once, but I think he's one of the great Intercontinental Champions. Tito Santana. All right, he's a two-time champ. That's going to pop Jason from all uh, Maybe he won it from Don Morocco after Morocco had beat Pedro Morales. 
that son of a bitch. And then Tito lost it to Greg Valentine, but he won it back in a steel cage before losing it to Randy Savage at the Boston Garden. Bret Hart for being one of, one of the great tag wrestlers to being one of the great Intercontinental Champions right before he ended up being one of the great World Champions. I think Bret Hart and the IC belt are pretty synonymous. And also, he had that excellent match with Davey Boy Smith at Wembley Stadium. You might remember that. Bret, Bret I'm, I'm fucked. fucked. I'm fucked, Mr. Hitman. Very good stuff. Davey fucked up on crack the night before, but still put on a performance of a lifetime. And that's something we appreciate at the Working Fans Podcast. Edge is one of my favorite Intercontinental Champions of all time. And one of the best. And Edge is doing some great work. He's probably the highlight on uh, Monday Night Raw these days, along with Randy Orton. Chris Jericho. This guy, I believe, still has the most Intercontinental title reigns of anybody, including one in New Japan Wrestling. Jericho is the current AEW Heavyweight Champion. The uh, Well, actually, no, he just lost it, but... He was the first ever AEW Heavyweight Champion, and until recently, he was the youngest AEW Heavyweight Champion. Unfortunately, he's not. And <laughs> that, you, you really need, you need to you fucking mean. hear that. Right? <laughs> and uh, last on my list, man, I want to get uh, honorable mention to Mr. Perfect. I felt like I should have put him on my list, but I didn't. I went with Randy Macho Man Savage instead. I thought he had a spectacular ring. Hey, there's so many choices out there that it's just who makes the list at any given time. You know, and I might, if it gets down to Savage and Perfect, I might pull a heel turn and fuck over Savage. So let's see what we got here. There's so many names that appeared on multiple lists Ooh. that we made a top five list from this list, and we're going to work our way down. So in this little <laughs> tournament-style bracket, we got first, Michaels versus Savage. Michaels versus Savage. I got to give it to Savage just based on the Savage Steamboat match. Yeah. I think he's more synonymous, I would say, with the IC title than Michaels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that. Sean's more about putting on fantastic matches, Mr. WrestleMania and the world title and DX. Yeah. Not fucking bad run. But, yeah, I think uh, Savage is the guy who really brought uh, prestige to the Intercontinental belt. Now we got Jericho <laughs> versus Bret Hart. I love me some Bret Hart. Bret Hart's my favorite wrestler of all time. I'm going to say Jericho, though. Bret felt like more of a world title guy. World champion, yeah, the Hart Foundation. So I'm going to say Jericho is going to go over in that one. And for the last one, we got Razor versus Perfect. Razor. I want to talk about Razor for a second. Jake told me that Razor is one of the hardest working dildos of all time. Uh, He did say his girlfriend might have texted that. I don't know the whole story, but he says he knew that that list was right because Razor wasn't one of his favorites, but he still put him on. On that list. That being said, Mr. Perfect, fuck you, Razor. I'm going Mr. Perfect. Wow. I almost would have given it to Razor for that ladder match, but mm. you know, Perfect, more you. legendary, I would say more of an overall favorite. JBL just shared a story. I forget who Perfect was wrestling, but he was the heel, and somebody was yelling at the baby face, you suck. And he was going, Mr. Perfect, woo! And Perfect saw him to be the ultimate heel, took his gum, and threw it at the guy and landed on his face. And the guy said, Perfect, you suck! Mm-hmm. And I guess Kurt turned around and looked and he goes, that's perfect. Nice. So. so now for our top three list, we got Savage, Jericho, and Mr. Perfect. Ooh, who's, who's going out Who's first? the first to go, yeah. Alright. I think it's going to be a victim of being up against two legends. They're all legends. They are. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, fuck it, man. Jericho would be the one I would 
think maybe I'm going to kick out. But to me, this motherfucker is building a Mount Rushmore career. Yeah. And that Intercontinental Championship. Like I said, this guy also held it in Japan, too. Yeah. So, you know what? I said I'd probably turn on Savage. But sorry, Perfect. You're going to have to go first. Now, has Nakamura held the WWE Intercontinental Championship oh, yeah. yet? Oh, yeah. So, he's done the... He's done both, too. Yeah. He didn't make our list. Well, he did twice. He made Zack and mine's, but... Not enough people. rest y'all are racist. That's why we're <laughs> yeah. big in Japan. I mean, I Savage know. versus Jericho, the he final said something about like a Nakamura when he touched himself. I don't know what that was about, but he didn't make the list. Anyway, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Jericho, man. That's my pick. You want to disagree? Come on, fucking bring it. You don't want to disagree. You want to, uh, I mean, I you want to wrap it up? I, I don't know. Savage is a legend. He got but it. Jericho's done it for so long, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's more longevity to it. Jericho said that he wanted to do a feud with whoever the Intercontinental Champion was at the WWE at the time when he had the IWGP Intercontinental title. Okay. So, I mean, that guy's done more for the Intercontinental title than anyone I can think of. I know. Sa- I mean, Savage had that big WrestleMania match over He it. did, but he lost it. Yeah, like that's true. <laughs> Goddamn. And George I Steele. mean, if you talk shit on Jericho, he can he can find you and come back at you. Yeah. Savage, Savage is- ain't doing that. No offense, Randy. All right, so Jericho's going to get it this week. You bet, he- you bet your ass he's going to get it. And AJ said he was going to get it too. I don't know what he meant by that. And if you anyway. guys you guys agree with us, disagree with us, get a hold of us on Twitter, get a hold of us on Facebook, you know where to find us. Yeah, get at us. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week.